dare great things for Christ. Christ calls us to dare great things. In the marketplace, as well as in the mission field, there has never been a time like the present for the spirit of the Catholic entrepreneur. Now is the time for men and women of great courage and great vision to engage our church and our culture. Now is the time to dare great things. And here is your host as we dare great things, Father Nathan Cromley, the president and founder of the St. John Institute. Leaders lead in their own way. Saints are the same. Although most of us have preconceptions about saints, describing them in terms that are usually terms of prayer and piety, Pier Giorgio Fassati shows us a different look. He was full of life, energy, and activism. He was a courageous leader for his age, his peers, and for us today. Hello, everybody. Thanks so much for being back again. I want to focus us in today on an incredible saint, St. Pier Giorgio Frassati. Uh, he's actually a blessed, and he's one of the most popular saints for young Catholics especially. But all of us will find in his life an inspiration and a real reminder of the call to lead wherever we are and in any way that we can for Christ and for his poor. I I'm really excited because I think, especially for those of us engaged in business, we, we could take an inspiration here. So just take a few minutes here from, from your busyness, and I want you just to calm down and listen in to the story of this man's incredible life and courageous leadership. And so as always, let's begin with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, Father of the poor, Illumine the hearts of thy faithful and enkindle in them the fire of thy love. Send forth thy spirit and they shall be created and thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. Lord, I ask you to fill us with your peace this day. And as we study the lives of the saints, help us to follow them in their courageous leadership. We make this prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen. St. John, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, you know, obviously we're all here because we're leaders, and we define leadership, each one of us, of course, in a different way, because it is different. It's different to lead as a dad. It's different to lead as a, uh, as a high school teacher. It's different to lead as an entrepreneur. It's different to lead, of course, in corporate business. There's, there's many different ways to lead. And that's kind of what I wanted to emphasize with you. But all of them have something in common. And that is that leadership always comes from the heart. And it comes from being your own person. And following within yourself that inner voice that pushes you forward towards the goals that you have set, towards the mountains that you need to climb. And that's why... Pier Giorgio Frassati is an incredible example for all of us. This guy lived a life that many people today would, would consider extraordinary, both on the outside and on the inside. On the outside, his father was the founder of La Stampa, which was 
and is today one of the most prominent newspapers in Italy. So think about this guy. Like your dad founds the New York Times, right? Imagine, imagine that. Imagine the equivalent of New York Times being founded by your, your own father. The guy was so impressive, he became an Italian senator and then an amb- the ambassador of Italy to Germany, which is no small uh, post in Italian politics. I mean, Germany's right there next door to them. So, and if you, again, go, go back and think of it in American terms, if this was a U.S. senator who had a son who became a saint, right, this would kind of be a big deal. And the senator and the family at that time of the Frasati family was well-established and very wealthy family in Turin to the north of Italy. So it's not a family that you necessarily would think would breed the life of a saint that would inspire millions and millions, millions of young people, even a saint who would inspire one day Pope John Paul II. When John Paul II went to his, his grave in 1989, uh, and then later on he beatified him in 1991, but when he went to his graveside in 1989, he gave a talk to there, and he said that when he was a young man, the story, the adventures, the words, the example of Pier Giorgio Frassati had inspired him in his youth. Now that's that's pretty amazing. If you can manage to inspire Pope John Paul II, then your life is really something else, right? Because he was a saint himself, a saint inspiring the saints. And so, you know, what was so extraordinary, right, is, is his family life provided him with means. They would give him a, a, an allowance, for example. And when he graduated, he was given uh, a, a fair amount of money. At one point, his father actually said, I'm either going to give you a big luxury car to drive around in or a fund uh, of money that will continue to give. And Pierre Giorgio said, give me the money because he wanted to give the money away to the poor. He said, I can't give the car away, but I can give money away to those who are in need. And that's part of the inside wonder of this guy. But on the outside, he had to live in that kind of society, and he obeyed that type of society. It's once again just a reminder to us, many of us have this idea that somehow sanctity and poverty, poverty is the only way to sanctity. But for Pier Giorgio, his wealth and his influence became the way to sanctity because the influence of his family and the society that he was kept in was part of his journey. And an example of that is the time that he felt affection for a young woman, but he was certain that his mother and father would not approve of the young woman from her background or whoever it was. So rather than to offend his mother and father and their societal understanding, he actually backed away from the relationship. Isn't that interesting? You, know, you wouldn't think, but that was actually part of his piety was even though he belonged in his heart and helped the poor so much, at the same time he had this deference that belongs to those who understand the weight of leadership and the role of an important family in his society. He, he also, Pierre Giorgio, would, would take advantage of the blessings of his family in order to engage in outdoor activities. This guy was incredible. He, cli- he climbed Monte Visio. I don't know if you, have, if you guys have ever been to Monte Visio in Italy, but it's one of the highest, it is the highest mountains in one of the Alpine ranges. And you can see it for miles. It sticks out like a thumb. It's 500 meters or 1,000 feet taller than the rest of the mountains that are in that range. 
So visually, it makes like this splash where like you need to climb that mountain if you're anybody. He went after not just any mountains, but the highest of them. Uh, going after Mount Divisio, he also grant, uh, climbed the Grand Tournalin, which is, you know, close to, it's a close to a 14,000 foot mountain. I mean, this is, these are high feats and he would climb them with rat with his, without the modern equipment, right? He'd have these old fashioned boots and for safety, they just wrapped a rope around his waist, you know, as he's literally climbing, you know, up vertical faces of mountains. He, but whenever he would go into the mountains or he would go uh, kayaking or canoeing or he would, was an expert skier, everybody talked about this, he would always stop with his friends on the way down in a chapel in order to pray together. And he used the, the advantages that he could do to enjoy those sports and, and the prestige and the, all the equipment that comes with them. These are not sports that the poor usually engage in, but he would engage in them in order to evangelize. And that's where we really get to see the heart of his leadership. The outer context is just the beginning. He, his family led in society. He was given benefits and, and, and prosperity. But what he did with them, that's what's extraordinary and important for us. Father Nathan is producing an ongoing source of videos to form, unite, and inspire you and your family. Go to eagleeyeministries.org. That's E-A-G-L-E-E-Y-E ministries.org. And subscribe to Eagle Eye Pro. Subscribe today. When you look back at the life of Blessed Pierre Giorgio Frassati, you, you see a leader in, in so many ways, right? He was given the gift of, of a position of leadership and relative power in his society thanks to his birth and his, uh, and his position in, of the family that he was born into. But what he did with that leadership was even more extraordinary. And you could say it in one word, he cared for the poor, right? This is something that I, I think a lot of us don't think enough of, especially in a modern day America. Many people today are kind of jaded. They look around, they say, oh, you know, the, the homeless don't need it. There's plenty of things that they can take care for them. It's almost like you're throwing your money away if you do, you know, these things for the poor. And, uh, you know, I'd rather, you know, invest in this or this or this or this. And I understand that because, you know, this, there, there is a lot of veracity maybe in what you're saying, but that's where we're, we're challenged by this little boy named Pierre Giorgio Frassati. I'll give you an example. When he was young, he would give his bus fare, literally his bus fare home, away to those who needed it, in his opinion, more. And then he would run to try to beat the bus to get to the, to the door of the house. So he, there is this kid running through Turin, Italy. <laughs> he just loved to see the scene, right? He's running for blocks and blocks and blocks in the midst of traffic and people dodging in and out of them. You could almost imagine him getting to the door and then saying, you know, it was a lovely jog kind of thing, you know? But that, and just in order to give his bus fare away. When a girl in his high school got very ill with some sort of disease, Pier Giorgio organized a, uh, uh, the, the creation of a record of music. So with all of his friends, they got together in, in, in order to organize like a fundraiser so that this girl could then have the surgery that she needed. This is in high school, remember. 
Uh, he was involved in a Marian group uh, that, and he was involved in, in a prayer group. And, and his life was focused as much as he could on helping other people. The stories abound, you know, of Pierre Giorgio being given a Christmas gift and then slipping out the window and giving that gift away. He would actually, on a regular occasion, go out in order to visit with families who were disenfranchised, many of which were sick. Uh, Pier Giorgio dies, for example, at the, at the very young age of 24 from polio. And, you know, you contract polio from people who, have, who had polio already. And it was known that he would take care of the people with polio. He would be going into the poor districts of his city where there was not adequate medical care, not adequate attention, and he was caring for these families himself. There were several families. I'm thinking of the woman who couldn't pay her rent. So Pierre Giorgio paid her rent for her for many, many months. She was dependent on him for her rent. Uh, the unemployed, the, the poor, the sick, he was going out at night to care for them. Now remember, put yourself in his, in his position. He's only 19, 18, 19 years old. And yet he's living a life of such intense charity. An example of this is, you, you know, he, he, he had failed in his exams at school, which is kind of a big deal, of course. And so he was sent off to a private school run by the Jesuits to make it through. It didn't mean that he was dumb by any means, but he had to deal with that, with that challenge. Well, they said, well, what are you going to study when you go to the university, to college? Because he had to do that, of course. And he said, I'm going to study mining. Do you think mining? He's like, yes, I want to be an engineer. So I'll study engineer and then mining. Now, of course, this is in Turin, northern Italy, near the Alps. And, but the reason he wanted to, to study mining, he said, was to better be able to proclaim Christ to the miners. <laughs> You know, the zeal of the young is something I want you to think about because many of you, when you were youthful, you had a similar ideal. You know, it's when we're young, the thought of helping others spontaneously, of doing what it takes, of being with the poor, of proclaiming Christ to the disenfranchised, this is actually just like a part of who we are. Uh, and, and we lose it. And that's where Pierre Giorgio comes knocking. To remind us, you know, to, the, the, from your childhood on, what you do can continue. But the other side to Pier Giorgio that's so amazing is that he, he, he was a part, as part of the St. Vincent de Paul, helping the poor, etc. There's the fact that he was caring for three children of an ill widow who couldn't dedicate. So he was actually taking care of them from a financial point of view. He was helping the evicted to find homes. He was doing all this. And yet he said, charity for the poor is not enough. We need social reform. Now, I can't get into the politics of his day because the politics of his day is a whole different story from what we know today. But what he did was still extraordinary. He would go and protest in front of the police and the military of his day against the violations of the rights of the poor. There's a, a story, for example, of the time that he was protesting and in front of him, the person who was holding the banner was struck down by the police of, that, of their time. And 
Pier Giorgio lifted up the banner even higher using a pole to hold up this banner over their heads and was fending off the blows from the police uh, that he was suffering because he saw the need to change things in the society in order to help those in the name of Christ. So he was a strong leader. He was a leader amongst all of his friends. They all noted that. He created social groups. He would unite people behind this common cause, which he saw as the plight of the poor in Turin. Now, an example, the family wanted him to go with them out to their summer home. And his response was, if all of us leave Turin, who will care for the poor? Right? So when this, if you look at him, you could think of him as the most popular kid in the school. He danced, he sang, he would laugh, he would tell jokes. He was known for his practical jokes. He could recite Dante for lines and lines and lines of Dante. Now, if any of you have ever gone backpacking, you know why. It's because there's nothing else to do when you're out there <laughs> except, re except recite Dante to each other. But he would do that. He was a man who was fully alive. When John Paul II canonized him, he called him the man of the eight Beatitudes because he lived this joy and lived this spirit, this inner spirit and in everything that he did. And as he lived that, he lived it with others and for others. He was a leader uniting his own friends. And I say this because, again, a lot of us, when we look at our own kids in high school, our own kids in college, we're waiting for them to graduate, for them to actually engage and to become the leader that we know that they are. But we just keep allowing our young people to put off adulthood. And here you have an example of a young person who embraced his responsibility even though in the end it would, you know, it would be part of the cause of his death. The doctors who, who saw him, he died, for, he died in five days, right? He came down on June 30th with ex excruciating uh, back pains, a migrating headache. The next day, his grandmother died in the house. So the whole family was preoccupied with the grandmother and losing precious time for have the doctors take a look at him. And, and as they did, they didn't really know what was happening. And on July 4th, he actually died, having received the last rites of the church. And, and, and he died in the arms of his mother. His last words were, I, I should like to breathe my soul to God at peace with you. But he was only 24. 24. So he accomplished all of this good in his life. All of this leadership. To the point where we still talk about him today leading his fellow athletes in prayer, leading his fellow young people in social justice and social change, leading his friends. He, was known, he would pray for hours in front of the Blessed Sacraments. He was known because he would pray throughout the night. During the night, he would go to the Blessed Sacrament to make adoration. He was going to Mass every day. From the time he was a little kid, he even got special permission to receive communion every day, which was unusual at his time. Pure Giorgio led, and he led those around him because he allowed the love of God to dwell in his heart. And that's all that holiness means. That's the key to becoming a saint. You let the love of God burn inside of you. And I just kind of wonder if you'd be willing to do the same. Do the same now. Do the same where you are in your life. 
Why put off holiness? When you put off holiness, you put off living. You put off life. Why would you put your life off anymore? The depth of life and the true life in Jesus Christ come by surrendering ourselves to love. And we say to ourselves, well, no, 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 I'm too influential. Or no, my business is too busy. And we, putting off love is putting off life. That's the message of pure Giorgio Frasati. Father Nathan has founded the St. John Institute, the MBA program that develops students into the leaders of tomorrow by giving them a missionary's heart and an entrepreneur's mind. Visit our website at stjohninstitute.org. Dare great things for Christ. You know, when I look back over his life, the life of Pier Giorgio, only 24 years old, I see three wonderful lessons for us, three messages that his leadership still touches for us today. The first is that Pier Giorgio was a man of extremes. Not only did he climb mountains, everybody, but he climbed the highest mountains that he could see, right? And, and he climbed them in the most difficult ways that he could. And he skied and he canoed. I mean, the, the man was just a man of extremes. And that extremes pushed him not only on the outdoors, but on the inner life towards very great acts of devotion. I already mentioned the fact that he'd go to Mass every single day. He would visit the Blessed Sacrament at night. And when he helped the poor, I mean, it was rather heroic. The story is that at the end of his life, at the funeral, because he died very suddenly, he died in, in a five-day span, so the family had thought that all of the notable people of, of Turin would come, and they did, to pay their respects to Pier Giorgio. But he also aligned the streets. There were thousands of people that were there standing on the streets as the coffin went by, and they were all of the poor that Pier Giorgio had helped during his life. That, that thirst that Pier Giorgio had for living pushed him to trying to reach out to help those who were in need. And he helped them not only in his own deeds, but then trying to push for social reform. I mean, you've got a young man here protesting, literally, in front of the government and on behalf of the poor. And there I see a lesson for our leadership today. To be bold. I mean, I think a lot of us are so overwhelmed by life and overwhelmed by the things that we have to do and, and also overwhelmed by the confusing, confusion of the media, the confusion of, of truth, of not understanding what we should do, that we, we don't really go anymore to actually effectuate the change that we wish we could see. I think Pierre Giorgio would challenge us. Your time on earth is short. What are you doing do great things. He used to have a, uh, a, a motto where he would re recite to his, his friends, etc. He would say, Verso l'alto. Uh, and then they would respond, Sentire il voce di Dio. Which means, to the heights, in order to better hear the voice of God. To the heights, he would, Verso l'alto, go to the heights, go to the peaks. That's a, a very, very important lesson because if not, our leadership becomes management. And as much as management implies leadership, there's something more for you. The second is pure Giorgio's absolute conviction that the caring of Christ in the poor is an essential part of our Christian life. I remember speaking with a fellow who wrote a book. His name is Ben Scott. And Ben wrote a book 
uh, all about philanthropy in order to help those with means to give. And he did study or cited study after study that showed where the majority of philanthropy in our country is not actually going to the poor. It's actually going to museums or endowments of universities or symphonies. And all of this is extremely important. We all know that. But direct help to the poor is a commandment by Christ. Now, I understand that many people get upset because they say it's a waste of time or money, you know. But at the same time, what we give to the poor out of love for Christ, we give to Christ. And he never squanders that gift of love. I want you to really remember that the, the point is, yes, of course, to help the poor to a degree, but it's also in order to give that help to the best way that you can. And I would say if, if, you, if you're dubious about this or that scenario, well, why not give to the poor that you know in your own families? People who have need of Catholic school tuition. People who have, you know, there's ways to do it and I challenge you to find it because this is the leadership of Pierre Giorgio and, and what he wants all of us to remember that there's just a few steps and a few decisions between you and that person in need. The third uh, lesson for Pierre Giorgio is to embrace life in its fullness by embracing life at its source. Pierre Giorgio's leadership towards Christ was because of his love for Christ, his adoration of the Blessed Sacrament, his attendance at Mass, his intense Marian devotion. This was a man who prayed. He prayed every day of his life. And in that deep prayer that he had, his love for Christ, he embraced the life that was around him to its full. The laughter, the gaiety, the, 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 the parties, the, the intense um, fraternal charity and friendships that he knew. This was a man who was known from all around him for living life to the full. And it was because of his devotion to his God. As God so loved the world, so will I. Right? And there I, I, I see a lesson for each one of us. As we have to face the difficulties and the challenges of our leadership positions every single day, let us start on our knees and start with God. Let us never forget the importance that prayer is the source of everything. Because as Christ gave his life for the world, so must we. And that leadership is the leadership the world needs. Dare great things for Christ. Share your feedback with Father Nathan. Send us an email at info at stjohninstitute.org. That's info at stjohninstitute.org. And don't forget to subscribe to premium video content to form, unite, and inspire you at Eagle Eye Pro on our website, eagleeyeministries.org. That's eagleeyeministries.org.